Is it on? I don't know. It's been forever. Dude. Oh, what's up, guys? Thanks for showing me, Tess. See, I'm on the opposite side of the room, so I can't see whether or not you started. But welcome, <laughs> Tess knows with Nene MMA. No. <laughs> Why are you blinking like because that? Because my eyes are getting watery <laughs> and I get allergies. Stop it. She's just so emotional to be back because we've been gone for like three, three weeks, weeks. Now. Almost a month. Well, I think we started off the year super strong, right? <laughs> oh, well, yeah. I did. I don't know about you. Ah. I started the year with both my feet. Ah, ah that sucks. <laughs> okay, well, I should tell them, right? Probably I mean, so. it is about Taz, so we should start off with Taz. Well, yours is going to be a shorter story. Okay. Long story short, I injured my Achilles tendon. Long story, Nene height. <laughs> <laughs> I ruptured my left Achilles tendon and I've been on recovery for three weeks now. So that's how I started my year. See, taking a break on the podcast was a jinx. As soon as we stopped, Dude. you got hurt like the next day. Bro. See? I See? did. See? That one week too. See? Because you had the surgery the 27th. Yeah was your surgery December 27th yeah which means it happened a week prior yeah which would have been the week before Christmas and I think our last episode came out the week before Christmas look at that see, see? yeah I always told people as soon as you stop doing stuff that's when bad things happen no I know so we can't give you any more breaks huh you just say, I'll take my break. It's just you can keep going with the podcast. <laughs> well, it's Taz knows. What, what the heck am I going to say? Let's see. Hello, guys. I'm Taz. Um, well, I just want to thank you all for supporting <laughs> my podcast. And is, is this how I sound? Like yes. <laughs> That's how you sound. Yes. Anyway, yeah. So I've been on, I'm on a break um, temporarily, but I'm back. With the podcasting, of course, not back to training because I can't use my other leg, but nobody cares. Anyway, <laughs> uh, going back to you, right? Right. Right. Okay. Sure. I mean, for the three weeks. Okay. Let's talk <clears throat> about the three weeks since you've been gone. Since you've been gone. <laughs> so how, how was your break? How was uh, the three weeks? What, what was um, happening in test mind? Well, the day my break started. I got to carry a five-foot girl to the emergency room because she couldn't walk in. And I got impatient waiting for someone to bring us a wheelchair. So I just put her on my back and went running. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, guys. So, yeah, we ended up in the ER. And then, yeah. And then the next week, I got to take the same girl into surgery. Oh, Yeah. Well, that's your break. Yeah, I know. But anyway, talk about something else. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. How was your break considering you didn't take a lot of days off from the gym? I don't you feel like I really took a break this year. Yeah. I mean, you still opened up hmm. the gym, right? Yeah. We, we just closed basically Christmas Day and New Year's Day and the day after because Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve were Sundays and we don't have classes on Sundays either. Anyway. Yeah. So we just closed Mon Monday and Tuesday of both of those weeks. Oh, not bad. So it wasn't really too much of a break, which was all fine and dandy until I come back and I get sick right away. Oh, 
If you only get sick for like three days. Yeah, because one of my 2024 goals is to stop being delusional about when I start feeling sick. Yeah. So just instantly, as soon as I felt the slightest bit something was going on, I loaded up on vitamins. I drank soups, salads, teas. You do everything in one day. You eat healthy. Oh, yeah. You it's, take vitamins. Because it was <laughs> this past Friday night. What did did I almost die? Bunch pressing. That was Friday. It was Friday. So f- Friday night is when I started feeling it. Wait, wait. So you almost died. You're gonna tell people about that, right? Maybe. <sighs> Friday night, I started feeling a little little tickle in my throat. I was like, uh, I'm getting sick. So Saturday, I woke up, I loaded up on vitamin C, vitamin D, zinc, multivitamin, and then loaded up on, I got some chicken noodle soup, got a steak salad because I still needed some some sort of protein. Yeah. Had a pretty good steak salad, some chicken noodle soup, some tea, sleep, which is almost impossible when you have a puppy. Nobody told me getting a puppy was like having a baby. <laughs> I thought getting a puppy was like getting a puppy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not. That's funny. You wake up multiple times a night um, without knowing it. But uh, yeah, I slept as much as I could Saturday into Sunday. And Sunday, I just chilled, had more soups, had more salads, had more vitamins, had more teas. And that's that's it. Just You guys hear my stuffiness, but most of you know that I have nose and sinus issues from what's probably a really bad deviated septum yeah and and that's what you guys are hearing now but other than that like my the the scratchy throat went away within a day nice i stopped sneezing for the most part so yeah got over it pretty quickly i would say i think one thing about you that maybe a lot of people can relate is that you don't like give too much attention to the sickness like yeah. You give it what you're supposed to do, like proper care, but you don't think like, oh, I'm sick. You know, yeah. you don't feel bad for yourself because I remember when you came on Saturday after the gym, you were like saying, I'm not sick. But I guess, you know, it's in a way it's, it's kind of funny, but it's the power of your mind that yeah. you don't, you don't feed off just, of it. Before I used to do too much and just be not, in complete denial that I like, yeah. I still said I'm not sick but you because still, I felt like I was getting sick and my body was fighting it. Mm. So instead of just pretending like my body wasn't fighting anything, yeah, I steered into it and I helped my body fight it faster. Yeah. You know, because in times past, I'd say I'm not sick, and I'd still eat junk food, do you know, whatever you have, have some alcohol, yeah. work out, all that stuff. Mm. As opposed to this time around, I was just like, you know what, I'm not sick, but I'm getting sick. If I take care of it now, yeah, I'll be better by Monday. And yeah. here we are on Monday. You guys are listening to this on Tuesday or beyond. And definitely by Tuesday and beyond, I'll definitely hopefully sound more normal, less yeah. nasally. Yeah. But my energy levels were fine the whole weekend. I just chose to seclude myself and yeah. conserve my energy to fight whatever I was fighting. Because even on Saturday, I went through my classes. Yeah. And then I just chilled. As soon as my last class was over, I stopped doing stuff. Okay, that's good. At least you were smart about it. Yeah. But then I heard you were still doing rounds. Uh, yeah, I did what were supposed to be one-minute intervals with the fighters. Even though one of those minutes ended up being, I think, closer to two minutes. 
I know my body clock isn't the greatest, but I was like, this is definitely longer than a minute because yeah. the person keeping time called out 10 seconds three times. <laughs> and it was like 10 seconds every time. It was, it was 10 like seconds. The fighters were defending takedowns, one minute in increments with everybody. And I was with Aaron and I was like, I'm pretty sure it took me. I, I, I ended up getting a takedown off the wall. And I was like, I'm pretty, in my mind, I was like, pretty sure that took about 30 to 45 seconds. So I got either 30 or 15 seconds left. Mm -hmm. And then after some wrestling on the ground, the guy keeping time was like 30 seconds. I was like, that awesome. doesn't seem right. But I was like, okay, whatever. We kept going. I let Aaron up to his feet a little bit because it's supposed to be just takedowns anyway. So I kind of let him up. And then I took him down again. Guy t keeping time says, 10 seconds. I was like, this does not feel right. <laughs> and I kept grappling on the ground. And then he says, 10 seconds. I was like, this is definitely not right. <laughs> and we kept grappling. And Aaron's almost on his feet again. 10 seconds. I was like, all right. Now okay. this is just this is just longer than a minute. That's what this is. Oh, my God. I wish but I could have been there. E even, even with that, it was, like, it was fine. I, I felt fine. Yeah, that's good. I think I, I think a lot of us too. When you know, when we want to train, it's like everything goes away. Like whatever is going on behind anywhere, you just forget about it. Yeah. And then your body just does what it's trained to do. Because as soon as my last class was over, I just felt my energy just depleted. Yeah, it's funny because I, I've talked to Zach about it and other people too. That when they're at the <laughs> gym, like they're feeling sick, but they still train, and even though they feel like crap. They still train and they don't feel it as much. But yeah. then afterwards, that's when they start feeling it. But it's like sometimes you got to push a little bit, yep. just a little bit. You're not doing too much. You're just pushing a little bit. That's good, though. I'm glad. So what happened on Friday? You were going to die. I almost died. <laughs> I wonder why. And yeah, tell him, tell him, tell him why. You were the only person that was, was there to save me. On crutches on and unable to walk. And yes. at a weight that's significantly heavier than yours. Oh my goodness, my heart dropped. So I'm going to let you guys in on a little secret. I have an incredible fear of injuries. Oh, and then it have does not <laughs> show because I don't like warming up. Mm. But I hold myself back a lot because of a fear of injuries. Mm. I think I've talked about it with a few close people. But like the stuff in, in the ring when I'm wrestling, like the, I, I limit myself not because of the, like, I think we talked about it on a podcast. It's not a fear. My fear of heights has nothing to do with me standing on the top rope. Mm -hmm. It's the fear of breaking my neck or jumping down and my knees give up. Yeah. You know, so, and the same's been said with when I lift weights. Mm -hmm. I always loved bench pressing, but I used to use the dumbbells a lot because I felt like they were easier to control. And if I felt something wasn't happening, it was easier to just let go of the dumbbells or drop them off to the side and you're fine. Right. I, was, I always had a fear of the barbell because that thing's going to fall on me, snap my neck, or if, you know, because of the, the weight distribution, my shoulders were going to snap for some, whatever reason, shoulder snapping and benching on the barbell always in Connect, my mind. Yeah. Right. So I would limit myself. I always felt like I was stronger than what I was showing. But when I started using the barbell, like I would struggle with even just benching the bar. And this was like maybe five, six years ago. You know, the bar wow. is 45 pounds. You know, and that was a struggle, but I think it was a struggle in my mind that I was going to, you know, I was limiting myself because I didn't want to put more weight on the bar. Because mm. if I put more weight on the bar, in my mind, the risk of injury gets higher. Mm. 
right? So, and then eventually I made it to 135 pounds, the two 45 pound plates on each side of the bar. And that was like, I needed a spotter and I needed someone to help me with that. Yeah. And then I started, when I gained weight, I was like, okay, I, I want to at least bench my, my body weight. Yeah. So right now that I'm walking at 155, I've never really made it. I never wanted to go past my body weight because of that fear that my shoulder was going to snap. Mm-hmm. So on Friday, for whatever reason, I felt kind of brave. <laughs> and pretty strong. <laughs> you know, because yeah. I was benching, you know, and I hit 155 and I was like, all right. I felt pretty good. Let me let me go to, to 165. Oh, was okay. That one moved pretty well. Let me try 170 because 170 is kind of my my ultimate goal weight when I'm old, whatever. I, I just always I always saw myself at 170. Hmm. So I was like, let me put 170 pounds on this bar. And I did it and I moved it and it felt good. I was like, all right. I showed you what I did Yeah. when I was like a little kid because that's the heaviest I ever bench pressed. You know, I'm still 155 pounds, so that's 15 pounds more than than my weight. Yeah. I went over to show Carla and I told her, I was like, all right, I did three set, uh, three reps of 170. How many sets should I do? She's like, aim for, for three to five sets. I was like, all right, let me see how this next set goes. So I do another set hmm. of three. And it felt pretty good. Yeah. I was like, you know what? Damn it, I am strong. <laughs> I'm going to do five fucking sets of this because this, this weight's moving really, really good. And you, you were working out too. You were doing your little shoulder presses and your little bicep curls. My little, yes. Your little stool and your little, your little cast, your your little, your little minion workout. And I even told you, I was like, if I die under this bar, you're the one that needs to save me. You know, I thought you were kidding. I thought I was kidding too, <laughs> you know, so I go in for my third set, you know, and I hit that first rep, boom, one, awesome, boom, two, I was like, oh, this is easy, halfway up three, my body says, you know what, I think you're done, turns off all my muscles, and bam, weight falls on my chest, and instead of like a normal human being, hey, hey, Nene, I need help, or even if I don't have the breath to say all that, help is one one syllable i could just be help i chose to say i'm gonna die (laughs) (laughs) and the last image that i would have had on this world is nating hopping up on one foot and you hear the sound of the crutches i'm coming i was like yep I'm going to die. I'm going as fast as I can, you <laughs> asshole. And there's all these obstacles on the floor because there's weights everywhere. And then she gets, you know, behind me. And she's like, move your head because she's got to put her bad leg on the bench. So yeah. My head's off to the side now. And she grabs the bar. And in my mind, I was like, Damn. I'm thinking, you know, she's going to call for Carla as she's getting up walking. And then she makes it all the way there. She puts her hands on the bar. And I'm just like. What's the, what's the plan here? Yeah. I'm not, not 100% sure what the plan is. So it's okay, whatever. I try to push, you try to pull. And then you're like, Carla. <laughs> I then... felt that weight. And I was like, <laughs> no freaking weight. <laughs> this weight is heavy <laughs> as fuck. And then I hear Speedy Gonzalez from the office sprinting. And then Carla comes in. Oh, shit. <laughs> and then she runs. I was like, yep, this is how I die. 
She's like, you guys gave me a heart attack. Yep. Oh, my God. Well, that was fun. No, it wasn't. You gave us a heart attack, you as, as Charlotte and Nanny are, are working to, to lift this bar up, I'm just laughing my ass off at the fact that this is Oh this my is it. Oh, my God, Tess. Yes. That was horrible to watch. But my shoulders are okay. Yeah. You know, you could have been dead, and it would have been like me trying to pull that weight up, and it's 170 pounds. It would have just looked like you killed me. Yeah. It would no. have looked like you dropped the weight on my neck. No. No. No, douchebag. So that was that was the highlight of the weekend. And then we continued to move further to our lives and happy endings. Just whatever. Anyway, <laughs> thanks for that. Um, let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about the Taz knows video. Hopefully by now some people have watched your video that you posted on YouTube. On Friday. On Friday. If not, then if not, you're one of the thousand people that didn't watch it. There you go. So at this point, let's talk about that video, the meaning behind it. I think so first and foremost, that video came up because one, I was thinking about it. So I'm gonna give myself a little credit <laughs> for directing that video. But the purpose of that video was to show people who you are now. I think for the people that follow us, I think for the past few years, they've seen your evolution from student to a coach to a coach to an owner. But no, I don't think a lot of people have seen who you are now and what you stand for. And well, I'm pretty sure some people, but we want to represent who you are now, what you stand for and who you are going to be in the future. Yeah. So we always talk about the past, but let's talk about from present to future. And so basically the point of that video was to show that part, the, the strong, the, the new evolved side of you and who you continue to be. And so the way that I guess I can tell people the way that I, I put it together was that I wanted to show your, your foundation with MMA. Your foundation with MMA is like the jab, the cross, all those things, and you put it all together with the takedowns, with the full-on MMA combos, with the wrestling. That that MMA was created with wrestling and when with Coach Crest. So I wanted to show that background with MMA. And so you did a pretty good job. So good job to you. You did oh, a pretty good you. job of shadow boxing that. And that was the point of that video to show that the grit to show the amount of work that you put into yourself, your body, your shadow boxing, your boxing, everything. So you did it all in that video. And then the second part of the video was you explaining to people how you started. Or I, I asked you a few, many, many questions, but this is something that you can go ahead and continue because I asked you a shit ton of questions. And you just pretty much openly express yourself about yeah. everything. So, go right ahead. I'll give you the mic. Oh, thanks. <laughs> um, yeah, so another fun fact. I, believe it or not, do not like speaking very much. And that's funny coming from someone that teaches classes every day, has a podcast, has a YouTube channel. But I, I don't like speaking. You know, so when, when you told me the idea with the video, 
you know, I was fine, you know, doing the punching, doing the takedowns, doing all that stuff. Like, sure. And then you're like, all right, you're going to talk. I was like, what the fuck am I supposed to say? <laughs> right. You know, and then you were just asking the questions, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I, none of it was planned. You didn't tell me what you were going to be asking. I didn't tell you what I was going to be answering, you know, so I work best if I speak from the heart. Like that, it, it, it makes me, it doesn't help me remember everything that I say to everybody. But everything that I, every conversation that I've ever had with somebody, it came from the heart, you know, so I might not be able to recall everything later because it was something that is, is, is how I felt and just what it was at that moment. Mm-hmm. Right. So when you started asking the questions that you were asking, I was just speaking from the heart and, you know, I don't like listening to my voice back, but this video, you were proud of it when you were done with it. And you said it was really good and that I needed to watch it. Yeah. So before I even posted it, we watched it together when you, when you finished it. And then I watched it a few more times before I posted it. And one part that stuck out because it was, like I said, when I go into these, these like tangents of, of me speaking and I'm speaking from the heart, I don't always realize what I'm saying as I'm saying it until mm-hmm. after I hear it back or someone tells me this is what you said. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the first things that I said was 15 years ago, I was a failed amateur wrestler. So obviously I felt it and I meant it when I said it. But I was like, what do I mean by that? Mm-hmm. You know, so after I posted it, I really dove deep I, I you know it was just a video like I, I don't think anything of it like my youtube following i, I hadn't posted a video since may on yeah. youtube like a long form video yeah so i wasn't expecting much yeah the first day it was like whatever average but then the next the second day that it was up is when it started picking up on the views mm-hmm. so i was like huh and then someone even commented great philosophy yeah you know so i was like what do i mean by being a failed wrestler because i i've never really expressed it that way and i don't want people to think just because you don't win a championship that means you're a failed anything mm-hmm. you know if you're in whatever you're doing and you don't make it to a championship that does not mean that you're a failure at that sport i consider myself a failed amateur wrestler because i gave up on it mm-hmm. i had four years in high school to do what i can with amateur wrestling and i chose to only do two and then when I had an opportunity or when I had somewhat of a, a drive to come back the last year to just at least do three of the four years, I chose not to. Yeah. That's why I consider myself a failed amateur wrestler because I gave up on it. Yeah. It's not that wrestling wasn't there for me because it was available to me and the coaches were always there for me. You know, I won a handful of matches both years, you know, and the the wins that I did get, I never won by points. So the times that I won, I won by pinning somebody, mm. you know. So I had what it took if I put a little bit more mental fortitude and drive into it. Mm. I just chose not to. And that's what I mean when I say that I was a, a, a failed amateur wrestler. Wow. Well, I'm glad you took the time to think about those things because, yes, I think a lot of us say, man, like, I'm in that position right now, you know? Yeah. 
and I'm not winning anything. Maybe yeah. they're they're going through the same things that you went through. Or they're in MMA and they're maybe not competing or they are competing, but they're not winning anything. And I didn't quit not because I was losing more than I was winning. Mm. I quit because winning was harder than losing. Interesting. I did not want to put in the work that it took because the matches that I won, I remembered how much focus I needed to win those matches. Mm. And with who I was as a freshman and sophomore in high school, I didn't have the mental endurance because this, this was the first sport. You know, I, I never really stopped to think of how difficult the sport is for anybody of amateur wrestling, let alone someone that's never been an athlete before. I didn't work out. I never worked out. I was a couch potato that watched wrestling and played video games. Mm. And I choose the very first sport that I'm going to participate in is, is wrestling. Duh. You know, so... Zero to 100 real I quick. was not mentally equipped and emotionally equipped for a sport like wrestling. Mm. And I got tired of my, my first win came solely because I was tired of being the only guy that hasn't won on the team. Mm -hmm. So I put all my focus into that one match that I won. And that was exhausting. Winning was exhausting. You just reminded me of the quote that says success has its price and rent is due every day. Yeah. It's like that. And I didn't have the mental. I was not mentally equipped to do that. And that's why I left. Because I think I've talked about it in a previous podcast. I won more matches my sophomore year than my freshman year. And my sophomore year is when I made the decision that I wasn't going to come back my junior year. Okay. So why would I quit when I was getting better? What was it at the time in your life that did that? What do you think, honestly, you can speak from the heart, not Dutchman, safe sound, but really, what do you think was going on with you at the time that maybe you needed or what, what you lacked or what was going on that you just didn't continue? I mean, my, my social life was a little bit more active. Like I just started making more friends, like outside of the wrestling team, you know, so I wanted, I, I felt like wrestling was taking a lot from me and this is where it's like saying this now is like ugh, but why start the sport in the first place because my school told me to mm -hmm. i had to t participate in extracurricular activity i didn't want to do social clubs because i'm not a social person, not a social person you know and wrestling right. was i think the only non-cut sport and again I, ha I had no idea what amateur wrestling was mm. i've only watched wwe I was expecting something similar. Got it. <laughs> you know, but. I mean, you chose the easier route. Yeah. The route with friends and yep. social life. Yep. And then with one of my Instagram posts that I made at the end of the year, too, I noticed a pattern that, you know, I quit after two years of wrestling. Mm -hmm. The first time I thought about quitting MMA, it was two years into my training. And when I thought of shutting down the gym, it was two years into running the business. That two-year mark, huh? The, the two-year mark was something for me, you know? So it was, it, it was a pattern, you know, and in the YouTube video that we posted, 
I mentioned how I didn't know that MMA was going to be my redemption story. You know, not that I won any championships as a fighter, you know, but the redemption was not quitting and not giving up this time mm. like I did for wrestling. Because if there's a, a selfish part of me that wishes he could go back in time to continue wrestling. I watched... I was just this past weekend. I was watching uh, a college wrestling tournament, and I was like, "Damn, I wish I would have done that." Mm. You know, but I also know that if I would have done that, I might not have done MMA. Yeah, maybe you would have focused your your life in being an athlete, mm-hmm. and you wouldn't have what you have now. Yeah, or maybe you could have, but maybe at a later time. Yep. But not with the same mindset. Yep. I think the the mental fortitude that you're talking about with athletes is that doesn't matter what what you go through, you just never give up, right? You just always go through it and and just go through it, and that's what you did develop, even though you didn't feel it at the time. You developed that mental fortitude in MMA. Yeah. So you were bringing those qualities that you did learned that you didn't think you would have into MMA. Yep. So that's what kept you going. Because yep. then somehow or another, the failure that you went through, right, that failed wrestling career, somehow drove you to not want to quit again. Yep. Because if I didn't do that, if I didn't have that feeling and knowing, like, I should have finished, I might have given up MMA after my second year. I might have given up on running the gym my second year. Mm. But because something inside of me was telling me, you've done this before, don't do it again. That's when I kept going. What? And I, and I guess we can bring it back. Well, I can only associate this with fighting, but basically a lot of us that lose a fight, you know, like I've, I've been there where you lose a fight. You don't want to go through that loss again. It yeah. sucks. I think, yeah, win, winning, like you have to put in a lot of work, but losing sucks, man. It just... A lot of us athletes get so connected to winning and losing and not just us, the coaches. So mm. now you know what it feels like to be on both sides yeah. of losing and winning. And then after your first fight, that was another challenge for you. Yeah. Was that after the two-year mark? When did you fight? Or after the five-year? Like your first training camp. That was two years into training. With Look at that. That's another. Yeah. I fought in 2013. I started with victory in 2011. So it was a two-year into to MMA. You know, and that happened. That would have been another test. Yep. You know, the whether or not you wanted it or not. Yep. Did at some point in your life ever picture, did you ever picture yourself going through all these things? Or? Uh, no, not at all. <laughs> you know? You know, and I... Obviously, when you set up a goal, I mean, I didn't know what to expect out of amateur wrestling when I joined, mm-hmm. you know, and I didn't start actually enjoying amateur wrestling until a few years ago. Yeah. You know, this was way after I was done with high school, you know, but I recognized it was really when I started focusing more on coaching that I realized how important it is to be a decent wrestler in MMA. You know, and that's when I was like, all right, I need to start going back to my roots, you know. And it was during that time where I felt like I was losing myself during the pandemic. 
you know, I was losing myself as an owner, as a coach, as, you know, an athlete, you know, because the, the pandemic did such a good job, I think, for, for a lot of us of taking away our confidence in mm-hmm. what we do because we couldn't do it, you know, and for the people that are not naturally talented and we have to work towards what we have, you see, you got people telling us you can't go to the gym, you can't train with other people. It's like, well, how am I supposed to keep getting better? Yeah. You know? So it was really during that time that I was like, okay, I need to, I need to reconnect with my roots, you know? And I, I remember it was during that time that I started doing old wrestling drills when it was just me training by myself at the gym. Mm. I started doing some old wrestling drills and I started trying to remember the stuff that we did in wrestling practice. Mm. You know, once we were able to go back to things and start, I started training with Coach Kress again, you know, because when I first went back to Coach Kress, I thought we would do like MMA stuff. Yeah. You know, but then after the pandemic, it was like, all right, just give me wrestling stuff again. Mm. You know? You just, I know I'm going back and forth, but it just reminded me of a Baraki movie. Do you remember it was Rocky Four, I think, where he trains with Creed? That was three. Oh, that was three. Okay. Yeah. Well, he trains with Creed because the point of that little story was that Rocky lost his hunger, mm-hmm. you know, and that was because he was so used to the fame, he was used to all these things, and he kind of forgot his foundation and why he started in the first place. Yeah. So once he, you know, he lost that fight and then Creed came up, he pretty much told him, hey, you got to find that hunger, the eye of a tiger. And that was literally bringing him back into how he used to grow up poor and with the old school fighters. But it just reminded me of your situation because you were also the one that when you feel like you're losing yourself or you're feeling like, Maybe this isn't for me or something that's stopping you from growing further than who you are. You always go back to your roots and you always go back to the basics. And I think a lot of people don't realize that maybe the, the, the core of everything is when you start and you always have to remember where you came from. Yep. And so basically that's where, again, the video shows is that you started with wrestling and you do a really good job at it. And now this is one thing that I, I can think of when it comes to failure because may, maybe failure is subjective. Because you could say, yeah, I failed that wrestling, amateur wrestling. But did you really fail if you continue MMA? You still do wrestling. And now, even years later, you continue to show the essence of wrestling. Yeah. So I guess we would, I personally wouldn't say you failed at it. Like I said, maybe it is subjective towards me. Because if you failed at it, you didn't stop. If you would have completely stop the sport altogether then i would have been okay maybe he's a failure yeah and that's why when when we had coach Kress on the podcast last year it meant so much to me when when we talked and he said part where he talks about how it takes most people four years of wrestling to understand something about life right and he's like well for you it was like it only took you two years to see it because you kept going after yeah you know and that that meant so much to hear it from him mm-hmm. because he was the guy he was the first guy you know yep. coach Kress and coach Favaro were the guys that really took me because they coached freshman wrestling yeah. and they taught they, they took me from absolutely nothing and gave me a foundation you know and it was just hearing him say that because it was for all these years in my mind thinking that I just I quit 
mm-hmm. you know, and and to have that come full circle with the guy that I started and the guy that I really quit on. He taught me what he said, and that was just, it was real special for me. Yeah. Yeah, some people, I guess, they learn by constantly doing it and doing it and doing it. But then I think taking the time to to think about these things, like you took the time to listen to yourself. Yeah. And some of the statements that you say at times, yeah, you don't realize what you're saying, but it's impacting somebody. Mm-hmm. And maybe somebody may may misinterpret, other people may, may see it in the heart. And the, those people that are watching this video and are connecting is because somehow or another, a lot of us quit on something, right? Yeah. We somehow have done many things in our lives, but we have stopped certain things because one, we either care too much about other, thing, other things or maybe we can't, we, we don't have the mental fortitude or maybe we don't feel the support or whatever, but yeah, we go through the same things in our everyday lives. So I think it's, it's nice to notice those things. And then also going back to that same portion that you said in that video is that MMA, you know, you just wanted to hit stuff. You know, you didn't think anything of it, but you just wanted to hit stuff. So yeah, that anger that you had, or hopefully you don't have right now, or you have, <laughs> whatever anger it's in there, you want to talk about it? <laughs> it's helping you. It's helping yeah. you, right? Yeah, definitely. You know, and, and maybe we can, we can honestly, because we talked about how anger, you know, it can lead to many things, but how has anger helped you throughout your MMA career and your life in general? I know this is weird, but I think anger using it as a friend, I think this is going to help a lot of people. Anger's always been my my strongest emotion. Like my road rage, everything, we've talked about it. Anger has been something that, you know, because that that grit that we all need to push through things requires a little bit of anger. So I don't necessarily think people need to get rid of their anger. They just need to direct their anger in the right ways and express it in the right ways. Mm-hmm. You know, when I'm struggling or if I'm in a sparring session and I'm getting beat up, yeah, I can't get angry at the person beating me up because that person is doing what not only are they supposed to do, but if they're training with me, they're doing what I train them to do. So how, why am I going to be mad at them for that? What I'm truly mad at is myself for not keeping up with my training enough where I'm not going to get beat up in sparring, you know? So being angry at myself is going to push me to train the way I'm supposed to train to give everybody good rounds. Or that anger is going to help me get that second wind and that adrenaline rush to finish that round strong, you know? Because with everything that I'm doing, I can't get in the same shape as, as the fighters. You know, it's, it's not my job right now to be in the same shape as them because I need to focus on them and get them in the shape that they need to be for their competitions. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's why, like, the, the one-minute intervals that we've been doing with the fighters on Saturdays has allowed me to be able to do both because I can watch and coach for four minutes and then I'm going to jump in just for a minute. Mm-hmm. And I can give them a strong minute. And I'm, that minute that I'm in there with them, I'm hoping they'll, they'll, they'll feel is the strongest minute that I've given them, you know, mm-hmm. because if I do a three minute round with them, I'm going to gas out towards the end of the three minutes. If I'm going to give them that strong of a start, mm-hmm. you know, so it allows me to kind of play both mm-hmm. a little bit more, you know, as I'm finding more time and resources and help 
to allow me to get back into better shape where I can give them those three-minute rounds that I used to be able to give them. So I see now you're now you're you're learning to put your energy into the right things yeah. at the right moments, yeah. right? We we don't talk much about energy and how like that could be used in certain things, but I think emotions because anybody can have a lot of anger. Some people have you know other types of emotions, excitement. A lot of like people have different types of emotions that are the strongest assets or weakness, right? So basically, you use your anger to push yourself a little further in your workouts and training. And so some people get overly excited. So maybe it's just using that energy and that, that emotion into the right things. And I'm glad that you're able to do that because I think it'll help us a lot to think about like, okay, what am I doing with my training? And why am I getting mad at other people? Or why am I even questioning this or this and that? If in reality is no, it's all yourself. You know, and perspective, yeah, right? Like you said, you know, that anger pushes and some people feel excitement. I feel when people feel excitement, they're, they're excited about the outcome. Mm -hmm. When someone's angry, it's because they're not liking the process. Mm -hmm. You've gotten to be in the same room as me when I'm lifting now. Yeah. And I make a lot of sounds that I sound angry when I'm done. Like I have this, this grunt that when yeah. I'm done with my set, I put the weight down. And I sound angry because I am angry. Mm -hmm. I'm angry as to how difficult it was to move that weight. But instead of using that, like, ah, I quit. I was like, no, this is exactly why I need to be under this weight is so that this weight isn't as heavy as it is today. I never want this weight to feel this heavy ever again. You know, and that's yeah. what pushes me to keep going. And then the next time I come back to that weight, it doesn't feel as bad. Mm. Because I was so angry at myself for allowing that weight to be that heavy. And it's and this is where I guess I it's something that I just thought about too. When this is when we when you gotta feel, you gotta feel, right? Like it's obviously I'm not a psychologist, but I just done some some reading and research on like the emotions. You gotta feel those emotions when they're there. Yeah. But you also have to. It's always useful to use those emotions in the right things because when we first I started sparring i started training you always used to tell me like at least take your anger in a good thing you know in good ways like mma and stuff and i never understood that i was like why am i gonna get mad in there if i'm gonna hurt somebody i'm gonna hurt myself but it's not really that case like you can use your anger where you're like there you use that anger to let your frustrations out you still felt the emotions but you didn't allow those emotions to just control everything in your life. Yep. Because in the example that I use with lifting, I'm not making those angry grunts as I'm lifting. I'm focused on that lift. Mm. And as soon as I put the weight down, that's when I release the frustration as to how heavy it was. Because if I try to release the frustration on the weight, that's how I'm going to get hurt. Because I'm not focused on technique. I'm not focused on my breathing. I'm just so angry that this weight is that heavy that I'm going to try to get it up there. However. I guess when, when it comes to MMA, the best way to, to put it in MMA is like that one minute run that you take after the round, you know? The one some, minute rest. Yeah, the uh, my one minute round. Not a bit. <laughs> the one minute rest. You can go for the three round, three to five minute round. And then that one minute, it takes, takes that minute to get yourself back together. Yeah. You know, for the fight, for grappling, whatever. So I'm, I'm glad you're able to do that.
that's good and so basically that's just two minutes of that video we still got like eight more minutes <laughs> that we're gonna show and then talk to people about mm -hmm. but do you have any near plans any goals for yourself or maybe just plans or goals or anything you want to share to your audience for the year yeah i mean you could be short term right now well right now the the, the main thing is yeah. is buying a building for the gym yeah you nice. know we we went to go look at two places today and typical taz likes the more expensive options yeah. you know so it's just you know really buckling down doing what i'm supposed to be doing this year in all aspects you know not that i didn't before but just really making sure that everything's lined up perfectly so that I'm able to get what I want because what I want is for the gym to have a place to call home and a, and a home where we can continue to grow for the next 25, 30 years. Mm. You know, and the play, one of the places that I saw today, I think we can really do that, is just going to be work to get there yeah and then consistency to make sure that the transition from where we've been for the past 13 years to this new place happens as smoothly as possible you know so that right now that's my big goal obviously along with the same things that you know i, I never subscribe to the new year new me because it's yeah. like i'm not giving up on the goals that i typically set are not just going to be met within a year yeah you know, so like my fitness goals aren't going to be met within a year, you know, so I'm going to yeah. keep going with my personal fitness goals with, you know, my coaching goals, all that good stuff stays the same. Yeah. It's just a, the added now of buying a building. Nice. Good. Can't wait to see that. <laughs> yeah. But already, thank you for that. But yeah, it's good to be back. We'll be back again consistently. It seems. Well, Danny's not going anywhere anytime soon. You're funny. Um, but you can follow her journey and her recovery from this Achilles injury on her Patreon. Um, so subscribe to her Patreon at Nene MMA. Subscribe to her YouTube at Nene MMA. Follow her on Instagram at Nene underscore MMA underscore CMM. You can follow me on all major social media platforms at Taz MMA underscore fitness. <laughs> I forgot mine for a second. <laughs> And then subscribe to my uh, YouTube channel at Taz Knows. Um, that's it. We'll come back with more updates and stuff next week. But thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you soon. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.